Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Welcome, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am your host, Lindsay McCowan, and it's an extreme pleasure to be here today on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we bring to you amazing guests each week that inspire and uplift us, and today is no exception. But before we get started, I would love to do what we always do, is just to take a moment to close our eyes if you're in a place where you can close your eyes and you feel safe, and just take a moment to stop what you're doing, pause, and take several deep breaths. Just breathing in and out through the nose and bring your awareness down to your belly and let those breaths fill the belly. Deep, full breaths, bringing us into our bodies and into the space and into a place where we can be present to the conversation that we will be having today. The conversation on becoming the elder that you seek. Allowing that wisdom to come forward, to claim it, to honor it, and to not be afraid of it. So another deep breath in and out. And then when you're ready, just bring yourself back. And let's invite this amazing woman onto our show, Elena Brower. Now, Elena, there's so many things I could say about this woman, but we'll try to keep it short because we want to get into the conversation. But Elena is a mother, a teacher. She's also an artist, a best-selling author, and she's been teaching yoga and meditation since 1999. She has an incredible podcast of her own called Practice You Podcast. And she has three books. I think, uh, let's see, what's the first one? Art of Attention, which has been translated into seven languages. Her second is Practice You. That's a bestseller. And then her third book, Being You, it was going was released in 2021. And she has a lot of new offerings coming up, as she always does, because inspiration and creativity continuously flows through her. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so honored to have this conversation with you today, Elena. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. These conversations, I think, used to be had in much smaller realms and smaller circles with two or three women at a time. It's very interesting to be having it more broadly. Yeah, well, it's the two of us. We're having a conversation and everyone right. else to listen in and, you know, um, right. yeah, and have that conversation within themselves as they... Mm listen to us dive in deep. So I would just love to just start with a, a simple question, like what does it mean to be an elder and how is that just different from being a senior? Hmm. I think there's a level of uh, clarity that I want to bring to our conversation first. Yeah, of course. Uh, I don't consider myself yet to be an elder, but I am burgeoning. 52 this year in a couple of months and I have been studying a great deal of Zen Buddhism especially the role that lay women play in the uh, 
perpetual ongoing uh, keep of rituals. And what I'm finding is that it's extremely important for us, especially in Western society, to start to think about what it means to become an elder in our 50s, even in our 40s, start to unpack the negative connotations that are brought upon us by the prevailing norms in our society and start to embrace in a very serious way the uh, subtleties, the, the understanding more than wisdom even, and the advantages of becoming an elder. And in this way, we become, as the title of this sort of episode suggests, the elders that we are seeking, rather than just falling into aging with resistance and hesitation and fear. Yes, because there's um, ageism is actually an endemic in our society, and it's actually on the rise, and there's so much fear around that, and especially so much discrimination. Mm. Um more towards women it's it's for men too but there is more discrimination towards women as we age and so you know how do we address the stigmas associated with aging so that we can start to honor the process of becoming an elder well in my in my estimation i don't i don't think i need to address any stigma i think the stigma is uh, so much ingrained in the culture that it's just none of my business. It's not how I think. It's not how I see. What I want to do is actually create a conversation around the joy, the the inward focus, um, and also the understanding that comes with aging. So it's not something to be resisted, but in fact, you know, really to be to be celebrated. You know, I look at somebody like Iris Apfel, who, uh, if you're if you're listening right now, go over to Instagram and put in Iris, I-R-I-S-A-P-F-E-L. She's turning 101, I believe, this year. It's the Maybe. most fashionable. <laughs> I mean, the most self-deprecating and the most self-honoring. And at the same time, um, and hilarious. And that's where I'm going with it. Mm -hmm. I have a teacher by the name of Roshi Joan Halifax, who is the abbot of the Upaya Zen Center, U-P-A-Y-A, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. She is my hero and my teacher and my example. You know, these are women who are thriving as they get older, who are learning, who are teaching, who are listening, who are growing every day, who are creating. You know, that's that's what I want to be doing. I don't want to um, worry so much uh, the, the way that I look at most products in society, anti-aging, you know, um, anti-elderhood, really, mm -hmm. essentially. Yeah. I want to I want to look at this whole process as an honor, you know, as a privilege, really. And uh, and that's that's where I want to go with it. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more that we, it is essential for us to start to honor this process and to reframe our perspectives. But oftentimes those stigmas can be so powerfully ingrained in us. So mm -hmm. 
you know, how I think for me personally, there has to be like a balance between, okay, how do I address the stigma that I, I, it, it feels still part of me and yet really step into the joy of aging at the same time and, and honor that and focus more how to be free of one aspect while I'm just stepping into that beauty and that joy um, and let that be more prevalent. So when you speak of, you know, your teachers, obviously being elder has particular traits that mm-hmm. are really um, come through deep practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not just, because we can look at many people that are older and they're still infantile in many ways. So how can we, what are the steps that we can take to really um, become that elder and those traits that we see in those that we deeply admire and want to be like? Well, I think first, for me, this is just for me. Yeah. You know, for our listener, I think it's important for you to take what, uh, what from what from what I say, take what you feel is most resonant for you. Um, constantly reading, and I feel very connected to certain female authors, writers, artists, um, reading their work orients me toward how I want to see the world and how I want to be in the world as I grow older. Um, so lots and lots of reading and absorbing the wisdom of luminaries who have come before me. In addition, studying with those folks wherever possible. So. You know, in the case of Iris Appel, she's really just a fashion inspiration beyond. But uh, with Roshi Joan, I study with her, and she has around her uh, many, many colleagues and peers of hers who are teaching, some of whom are a decade or two younger or more, some of whom are her age, her peers, um, and just putting myself in the way of their wisdom by studying with them and surrounding myself with their work has really made a difference. You know, I can't get into a mind space, I can't get into a writing space, I can't get into an art space without surrounding myself with influences that positively uh, impact the way that I see and perceive. And so that's really the, the first and I think most important aspect of um, creating this sort of mindset. Surrounding yourself with those women that are already doing that, yes. sharing yes. their wisdom. And, and so if you're, if you're of the male, yeah, yeah. And if you're of the male persuasion, then of course, you know, choose male figures who inspire you if you like. Um, but I feel very strongly that there's, I feel drawn to women teachers at this time. Uh, I spent a lot of years feeding the patriarchy straight up, and I'm done with that. Truly done. Just really seeing the full picture of the forest, the trees, the leaves, the animals, the bugs (laughs) under the brush, (laughs) and I'm done there. Just done there. Um, And that feels really true. Was there a defining moment where you felt like, okay, I'm done, and now it's time for me to go and sit with those those female teachers and start to learn from them? 
I don't know that there was one particular moment. There were a series of many over the course of the last 15, 20 years, I would say, where I was just, you know, whoa, had to, having to rub my eyes again, like in the cartoons. Like, did, did that just happen? Did I just see that? Did I just hear that? Did I just read that? Um, of course, there are male teachers that I still completely venerate, Thich Nhat Hanh being one of them, um, the abbot of Plum Village, current abbot, Brother Fapu being one of them. You know, there are there are men who I really do respect. But I think feeding the constant um, uh, sort of placing of men on pedestals in the position of teachers as the only possibility, that's, that's where I draw the line now. And have, when... Let me ask you this question. When you do go and sit with and learn from your current female teachers, is there a sense of more community and um, kinship there instead of having the teacher sitting up on the pedestal? Does it feel like there's more of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, that the ability to be with that teacher and not be placed below the teacher? Yeah, for sure. That's a, That's an apt description it's uh it's really such a pleasure and a privilege to be around women who are paying attention women who are intimate with their own grief uh, these are these are things i was seeking and i didn't even know that i was seeking yeah i mean that resonates with me very much because sometimes i was like what am i seeking and i'm not feeling fulfilled with this particular teacher at this time so, and like you i'm like wait wait i feel this this discord within me, but not knowing, really being able to identify what it is. And then until all of a sudden I'm guided to, or have just met my end with that particular teacher and then been guided into with a female teacher where I get to actually experience like, oh, this is what I've been searching for. I didn't know it. So I didn't know how to find it, but then it was just there. And then I soak it up like a sponge. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I was missing the community of women where I can learn how to be the wise elder, learning how to be with my grief, learning how to allow my emotions to come forward and know that they're not, they're messy, but that's okay to be messy and it's okay to be raw and vulnerable and to take up space. Um, so that's what I've been really gaining from some female teachers that I feel are very wise beyond their years. And, um, and you mentioned this at the beginning that, you know, this idea that you can be an elder, it doesn't necessarily have to have a particular age to it, but you can be an elder if you hold these particular traits to a generation below you. Like you could be perhaps mm -hmm. 30 years old and be an elder to a young child and offer the wisdom that you have to them at that moment. Can you speak more about that for our listeners? Yeah, at a certain point. There's, there's, there are these inflection points over the course, let's say, of your 20s, 30s, 40s, where you're going to notice that suddenly you're the one to whom folks will turn. And at first, it's like, wait, 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 it's too soon. And the moment you really see that it is actually your turn, and it is actually a true privilege and an art to take it on, to take up this, 
you know, mantle of uh, being a, a, an advisor, a teacher, mentor, whatever you want to say, uh, it becomes a seamless process of moving from being the younger one again to being the elder one again. And there's no, you suddenly realize there's no, there's no hierarchy here. There's no difference here. You're in certain respects, I'm still the younger. And in certain uh, contexts, I'm most definitely the elder. And I just try and know myself well enough, know my patterns of my mind well enough that I can flow easily and transition from one to the other. So flowing from being the one that can be offering that wisdom to the one that is actually absorbing that wisdom from another is can be seamless and effortless. And you yes. don't have to be one or the other and be defined by that. It takes practice, just like Chopin, you know. Go at it every day and you'll be able to play <laughs> that page in a few months. Go at it every day and you'll be able to have that seamless understanding from being the elder to being the younger and being the receiver to being the teacher uh, pretty seamlessly. And how, I mean, for how are you allowing yourself not to resist that, that transition? Because, you, you know, we feel like there can be that resistance as we age, especially as women, like, and the, we want to be the wise woman, but there's also other things that we have to accept as we age that comes with that. So how do we soften into that and just allow that wisdom to come through? That's an important question. I know we're going to a break shortly, so I'll just say this. I'll say one of the main ingredients is softening and feeling into where your edge is too strong and where you can actually just give yourself empathy, soften, and address it from a different perspective. That feels important to say. The, the softening and the, the offering to oneself of empathy is absolutely vital. Yeah. And how do we offer ourselves empathy if that's something that we are very unfamiliar with? And we can, if we don't have time for this, for this segment, we can come back to that after break as well. You know, we'll definitely come back to this after break, but there is a... There's sort of a school uh, of teaching called nonviolent communication. My teacher, Judith Hansen Lassiter, teaches me that this is the um, neutral zone that we have to cultivate, this, this giving to oneself of empathy in presence of any sort of ruffle or conflict, that that needs to be the very first thing we do. Mm -hmm. Letting that ruffle of conflict soften is what I'm... Well, offering to yourself the fact that you are listening and present to this feeling that you're having, and it's mm -hmm. very human of you to be having it. Yeah. How human of me to be having this, this feeling right now, this, this resistance, this hesitation, this fear. How very human of me. Sometimes I'll put a hand on my heart. But in that moment of acknowledgement an entire cascade of chemistry happens within your body and you soften. Yeah. And because in that humanness, you're realizing that you're not alone. I That's think right. very important 
piece of that. Like, and then just the simple touch of the hand on the heart is just an act of empathy right there mm. and self-compassion. Mm. So I definitely want to come back to this, Elena. This is such such a beautiful conversation already. So we're going to take a short break. So if you're listening with us right now, be sure to continue to be in standby. And maybe perhaps during the break, just place your hand on your heart and take a few breaths and feel into what it would be like to offer yourself that self-compassion and empathy in this moment. And then we'll be with you after this short break. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with me, Lindsay McCowan and Elena Brower. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we are here today with Elena Brower, and we're having a very important conversation around what it means to become an elder. And we left off with this the conversation around how do we offer empathy to ourselves through this, the resistance we might be feeling when we're moving into becoming an elder. And we left with the first step of just simply recognizing your emotions and placing your hand on your heart and just remembering that you're human and that you're not alone in all of this. Hmm. I think uh, one of the main sort of caveats I want to add is that this is this recognition of your humanity happens anytime all the time every time (laughs) every every second of the day (laughs) Uh, you know in any circumstance where you're feeling um, roughed up in any way by yourself or Mm. by somebody else uh, to just recognize how human it is of you to feel the way that you feel is the offering of empathy to yourself. That recognition of your humanity then leads to you uh, maturing into the kind of gal or person who 
would love to offer somebody else empathy. You suddenly can see where they merit uh, your empathy as well, your compassion. And it, it giving yourself empathy sort of flips a switch over time and turns you into the kind of person who can see the humanity in everyone. Yeah. And we need more of these people on the planet. We need more people who are willing to see the humanity in everyone, even the craziest among us prospects who don't seem human at all, who don't seem like they hold human qualities or human compassion of any kind. We are responsible for finding within ourselves that sensation, that understanding of their humanity. That makes us one of the elders that we seek. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And in any given situation, how can we find that empathy, but also we can use any emotion that we want for that. How can we find the love? How can we find the compassion? How can we find the understanding? All of that in any given moment. And I think, you know, I can look back, you know, 10, 20 years ago, and there was just so much anger. And because I hadn't really learned to give myself permission um, and all of my faults to be there, like the the need yeah. to be perfect and this drive to succeed and all of those things was really in, impairing my ability to be soft with myself. And it, it was showing in my relationships and how hard I would be on my partners, how hard I would be on the people that I said I wanted to collaborate with. And it's not until this beautiful decade of 50, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there is this softening that's been coming through by being in the presence of female teachers and and learning how to show myself that that grace. Mm. And in that, I'm like, oh, I can now see, like when other people want to come forward and complain about someone else, I'm like, well, wait a second. We don't know the whole story. Right. We're not living their lives. If they put all of their shit on top, on, on out there in the middle of the floor, and then you had all of yours, you'd probably take yours back in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's right. You would. We just exactly don't know. Right. Exactly. And so how can right. we be soft? God, it's just such a process. It's a long, as I said, it's a long process, but it, it happens over time. But there is a switch that flips and suddenly, instead of being, you know, angry, pissed off, hard on people, suddenly you find yourself like moving a little more slowly, placing things a little more carefully and speaking with a little more, more care and compassion. And, you know, it happens. And Time is a gift, you know, we get older and we do become humbled by the passage of time. Um, and I think that that also really does help the process of giving ourselves empathy, giving others empathy, you know, being, being softer mm -hmm. overall. Are there any other steps that you would recommend besides just the having that empathy and giving yourself some of that that gentle touch and awareness that can help with us in this in this process? Yeah, I, I for me meditation has been um, absolutely invaluable and uh, one of the things that has helped me to get to know myself and get to know the patterns of my mind and get to know. 
uh, you know, where where I go with my thoughts when I'm feeling confronted. And, you know, when I recognize that trajectory happening, how quickly can I find my way back to a little bit of empathy for myself, a little reminder of my own humanity. Uh, sitting, sitting brings me to that level of intimacy and that, that I, I've always needed. And I didn't, I didn't really realize how important it was until I started sitting twice a day. Yeah. And so there's two things here. I mean, I often hear from my clients that they don't feel like they have time to sit and do a meditation. And there's always this process of, you know, we can, we can offer the practices to our students, but, you know, what is that kind of that point where we can invite them in and help them understand that, okay, this is the path, this one of them that's going to really support you and that you do have the time. Mm -hmm. You actually have more than enough time to be with yourself and to understand yourself. Mm. You know, I think the most important aspect of it is that without the sitting, we really can't know ourselves. We're constantly just involving ourselves with other people, with other projects, with other things to do, activities, thoughts. When we sit, we get to know ourselves and we get to come to this deep um, sort of, you know, handshake with ourselves um, that, I, that I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm with you. And no one else can give me the kind of comfort and presence that I can offer myself. And I never would have known that without the practice of meditation, without coming back to it again and again and again, even when I didn't want to, even when I was in a rush, even when there wasn't time. This is how I know myself. And when I dare say to our listener, when you meet somebody with whom you, you really want to connect, who really feels interesting to you or um, complete to you, and you'd like to know what they know. I dare say that in probably 99% of the cases, those people have a practice of knowing themselves that has something to do with meditation, that has caused within them a sensation of confidence and connection within themselves that is then causing you to want to know them better. Yes. No, so not that that's like the, 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 the end all, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm putting that in front of us all like a little carrot. Like, yeah, that is actually a really nice thing to come across somebody like that. All I'm saying is that's probably the reason why. Mm -hmm. And then if, you know, and if you want to, you can sit with those people and, and be in their, you know, in their field and absorb their wisdom but it's when you really sit with yourself that you start to really integrate that wisdom into yourself. Like you, we can listen and we can absorb knowledge, but we don't really integrate it until we come to that place within us and hold ourselves there. And I love like when you said like you still have those moments where your mind goes off in another trajectory, but you're so aware of it, what it's doing that you can actually bring it back. And there's power of choice in that and I don't remember who said this, but I think it's an autobiography of the spiritual practice. It's like we walk down the street 
and we fall in this big hole and then it's, it's everybody's fault. And this process keeps happening again and again and again. And over time you realize, oh, I see the hole, I'm still falling in, but I realize mm-hmm. it's not my fault. And then finally I see the hole and I walk around it. But the beautiful point of it is like at the very end of it, you just don't even walk down that street anymore. Yeah. And that's the practice is like, oh, being aware of where my mind is going. Am I going to go down that street again? Am I going to fall in the hole and make sure and yes. blame everyone else around me? Or am I yes. going to take ownership of this in this moment and choose differently? Yeah. Yeah. That's it right there. And those those momentary choices are happening pretty much minute by minute. Yeah. Um, and we get to choose how we turn toward ourselves, how we approach ourselves, how we how we keep ourselves, compose ourselves, you know, it's not, I think you and I probably had a pretty similar experience of our 30s and 40s where we're just trying to get it right, <laughs> you know, and one of the main sort of grounds of this practice that I do is the groundlessness, the not knowing, the bearing witness, not knowing anyway, and being okay with not knowing. And maybe even taking action on what you don't know and doing your best. (laughs) You know, it's a short life. Yeah, it's a very short life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to just, you know, there's this absence of eldership in our society. and, And we talked a little bit about how we can start to bring that forward within ourselves. But how do we... You know, what is the next step to bringing it forward in our society? Because there is, and what do you think is the harm that is being created in our society by not having eldership and revering it? I think these conversations are the beginning of of it. Um, There are certain people who are really working with it. Um, Chip Conley, the Modern Elder Academy. Um, I love reading Stephen Jenkinson's books. Um, to some extent, there is a conversation that is starting to happen. Um, Dr. Arthur Brooks just did a great episode on ritual that sort of addressed some of this conversation too, but just getting into conversations about it and encouraging your friends, if you're listening, Encourage your friends to not shy away from becoming the elders, but in fact to, you know, talk about it and be with it and not be afraid of it. You know, what what's great about this? Well, kids are leaving the house. <laughs> we have a little more time to ourselves. We can learn, we can study, we can transform the way we lead, we can transform the way we live. Um, you know, I I'm working out in totally different ways, making my body stronger than I was in my 30s 20 years ago. You know, all kinds of things are possible now. Writing poetry books, like, I never thought I would do that. Never thought I would have the time. Yeah. But it, it, in keeping the conversation going about elderhood, we begin to broaden the field of understanding. We broaden the um the creativity that we can all bring to it. Um, and, and we generate a, a, a field of consciousness around it 
that I think is the most important part. Yeah. I think oftentimes we don't remember how powerful just simple conversations can be to help us wake up. And yeah. because if we have that con- like the conversation that we're having right now, I can already, I have all these things starting to come into my field of awareness, these names like, oh, I want to go look up this book now. And these little breadcrumbs that lead us to the next understanding mm-hmm. and to be and that helps us feel more courageous in continuing the conversations and um, and understanding that even in the conversations that we're having, that we're making space for the vulnerability of it all and then mm-hmm. tapping into the, that power of it. Yeah. Um, and the next, you know, what I was thinking of asking you right before we go to break, of course, is a bigger question, but you know, we talked a little bit about how we extract that knowledge from within us, like through the meditation, Mm -hmm. um, the deep listening. Um, But where are those places that we can actually go? I mean, sometimes we feel like, you know, there used to be places that we could go to learn from our elders, but where would you recommend that we could turn our attention to if we want to learn how to be an elder, if it's just not in a conversation, like sometimes we want to be in the presence of those that know how to guide and lead. Yeah, I think I think watching Stephen Jenkinson, he's a great teacher of this, um, and and just one voice. Um, I love reading the elder Zen nuns like Catherine Tanas, like Zenkai Blanche Hartman, like all of Roshi Joan Halifax's books. Um, there are a few of the nuns in Plum Village who I love, whom I love to listen to as well. I listen to their talks on YouTube and sit with them as much as I can. Um, there's a podcast called The Way Out Is In that Brother Fapu and Joe Confino host, and they often have the nuns on talking about their experiences, their lives. Um, an author, an artist, Anne Truitt is one of my greatest influences and she wrote over the course of her life her writing is exquisite John Didion Mm. Um, you know these are some of the influences we're going to have a very hefty list in our show notes for everyone so there's something for everyone there and I just encourage every all of our listeners to just pick one resource you don't don't be overwhelmed by all of the resources but just let yourself be guided to the one that's going to be right for you in this moment Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and start there. And what I would love for you, Elena, to offer our guest is just maybe a, a simple practice when we come back that we could actually sit yes. with and actually yes. let's feel. Let's sit together. Yeah, yeah let's sit together because that is, it's so easy to say, oh, we're going to listen to this and I'll do it later. But no, mm-hmm. we're going to we're gonna hold on to you in this moment and hold Perfect. space for you to drop in with us. So stay with us and we'll be right back with Women Thriving Unapologetically. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. 
When you awaken the Divine Feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful, magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Welcome back, everyone, to Women Thriving Unapologetically. We're having a beautiful conversation with Elena Brower on Becoming the Elder. And we have a great honor and gift of Elena is she's going to offer her, one of her gifts is leading us in meditation is what I'm trying to say right here. <laughs> Sometimes You're excited. my gift is not speaking and I have a radio show. <laughs> You're excited. Sweet. Oh, so, so sweet. Yeah. So we're going to, let's just go ahead and dive into the practice. So Alina, will you nice. guide us through this? Yes. Uh, I'd love for you, if you're um, driving, of course, to keep your eyes open. If you can stop and maybe close your eyes, or if you're walking, just tune in to the sound of your breathing first. Take three full deep breaths. Feel your spine rising a little bit taller if you are seated or standing. Last breath here. On this last exhalation, just let go of anything outside the breath body right now. Good. Continuing to breathe here now for about a minute. Gathering your attention every single time you breathe in. Almost like you're pulling your parts of yourself from the various parts of your day that you've had so far. Gathering yourself in. And creating a little more of a cohesive uh, field of your own attention. With each exhalation, you can sort of drop into your body. Relax deeply within yourself. With each inhalation, gathering, collecting yourself. Take about three more breaths like that, gathering and releasing. And start to see at the end of each exhalation, there's this little gap, this little moment of pause. That place is where you can let go for a moment. Inhale, gathering. Exhale, releasing. that momentary letting go. Two more like that, please. Now as you continue to sit quietly, no alteration of the breath at all, 
just allow yourself to feel that letting go. Feel the place right after any exhalation where you can just be quiet for a moment and then take that next breath in. Sitting in these quiet spaces together, just noticing the breathing. This is how we train ourselves for moments of conflict. How can I be present in a moment of conflict and have a very steady, ready practice of breathing in, collecting my attention, of exhaling and relaxing my body so that I'm ready for those moments. The big secret of meditation is to be ready for those moments when things are the most harrowing, the most difficult, the most challenging. I have a breathing practice toward which I can turn. Creating this relationship with yourself via your breath body is one of the great gifts that's beginning to come naturally as we grow older. We'll take about five more full breaths here together. Going back to the gathering of attention on the inhalation. Dropping the attention deeply into the body as we exhale. Just three more here. A quiet space after the exhale is where we'll hang out for the close of this particular practice together. You can place a hand on your heart if you'd like. Just take a moment to recognize the utter humanity of any hard or constricted feelings you might be experiencing right now. How human of me to feel this way. You can say that out loud. You can say it silently to yourself. You can whisper it to yourself. How human of me to feel this way. Gosh. And then slowly with your chin dipping down toward your heart, lift your heart toward your chin. Begin to open your eyes, blinking them open slowly if they're closed. And then you can drop your hand and return your attention to wherever you are. Mm. This, um, this way of practicing is just a way to sort of turn away from life in general create a sense of spaciousness and, and, and receptivity and loosen our beliefs, loosen our opinions. Just be willing to be with whatever is arising within or around us. And it's an invaluable practice. Absolutely. Just to be able to drop our opinions, Ooh. drop our judgments, 
drop mm-hmm. our harshness in a moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a real gift of it feels for me it feels very freeing in the body and and I can feel that my not only has my body softened but the sharp edges of my mind have as well and yes. there's a sense of my mind being more open instead of with the judgment and the harshness there we get there's a boxing in and a closing in mm-hmm. and here just in i mean just a few minutes of feeling that filling up and then that dropping in just allowed even those little harsh edges to soften and expand which i really appreciate that thank you elena of course there's a a, a really good sort of coda to this which is that we're not going for a certain state here. Um, my dear friend Reggie Hubbard taught this in one of his classes all, over a year ago. Harmony is not an endpoint. Harmony is a place where the discord and the elation, the comfort and the discomfort can both exist. That's harmony. There isn't, mm-hmm. there isn't a prioritization of either. Mm-hmm. There's just fundamental groundlessness. There's what's happening. And there's our breath. That's all we've got. Yeah. And then there's no, no grasping for that particular outcome, which is... Yes, no prioritization. So there's a relief in that because Mm. I feel like we're grasping throughout our day over and over and over again for a particular experience or outcome. Yes. Yeah. And it's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, having having the opinions and the preferences can be very exhausting. Mm. So what would you like here near the end of our show, like for our listeners to know Mm. becoming an elder, what are the, do we want to wrap it up with the highlights or is there something that we didn't touch upon? You know, I think, I think the one most important aspect that I want to make sure I get across, Judith Lassiter, I mentioned her earlier. She teaches um, yoga for years. She's one of the most respected teachers in, in the United States, in the world, really. Judith Hansen Lassiter. She teaches nonviolent communication. She and I have co-taught a class uh, in 2022. We're going to do another one in early 2023. But her book is called What We Say Matters. And when she teaches these nonviolent communication classes, your entire family benefits because you get a sense for what it means to actually be present and caring within yourself, recognizing your own humanity, as we've done a few times here. I dare say that that of all the books, and they're all incredible, every author, all the people I've referenced today, that one might be the most important one. What we say matters because it's what we say within ourselves that's what we say to others Mm -hmm. but first within ourselves and that's the beauty of becoming the elder is that you 
are aware of what you're saying to yourself and what you're saying to others and just making sure that what you say really does matter in a way that uplifts and elevates you and those around you. Supportive. Supportive. I don't even need to be uplifted or elevated. I just want to feel supported Mm -hmm. within myself. And that's an important distinction because we've spent as a community and individually too much time going for the light. Let's go to the light. Yeah. The fact is, well, I guess, you know, words, you know, and words do matter. Like, what does that mean to Mm -hmm. me? being uplifted sometimes what i was thinking of is when i'm down in that pit i see i see see. lift me up so i can feel supported but i also hear what you're saying that oftentimes what does that mean for others that means like go to the light (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so and like yeah words matter and like like what and and so what does an elder mean to us like what does it mean does it mean to be sharing your knowledge and wisdom does it mean to be deep listener does it mean to have that compassion Yes, um, yes. And so to, it's important to define what those words mean to us and honor that. And also yes, understanding sir. that those words might mean something different to someone else. Support yourself if you're listening and you want to walk away with something. Support yourself. Support the people around you with your listening. Lindsay, you just said it best. Deep listening. Mm-hmm. Things are going to arise. Are you listening? Do you feel supported? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, Elena, how can our listeners, you know, get in touch and learn more from you? Where where can we find you? ElenaBrower.com, E-L-E-N-A-B-R-O-W-E-R.com. Uh, everything that I do is there, podcast, one-on-one, all the courses coming soon with a parenting course that I'm really proud of, coming soon with a, another nonviolent communication course early 2023. Simplifies coming up in November. So many things. I look forward to working with you. Yeah. So definitely go check out Elena at elenabrower.com and you can see all the amazing things that are moving through her. And what moves through us is always inspiring um, if we give it space to move. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Elena. It's been such an honor. And for those of you that are listening, please check out the show notes once we have posted the the, re, the replay so that you can pick one of the great resources that Elena has offered us today. And if you are desiring to enroll in the Awaken the Divine Feminine program, which is open now, which I am hosting for women who want to tap more deeply into their innate core aspects so that they can step forward in their lives with more presence and peace and deep, sweet honoring, then those are open and you can go to my website at lindsaymccowan.com. And then we hope to see you here next week at 10 a.m. East Coast time, not 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America's Empowering Channel. You are listening to Women Driving Unapologetically. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.